This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Bud Dupree. Didn't get the franchise tag. I like how the beat dropped out when I said that. It was very dramatic. <laughs> I timed that out. You didn't I know. know that? It was a very nice dramatic you didn't know effect. That? Jacob Recht, Kellen Gursky, and I'm Tom Opperman. And this is another episode of the Steelers Standard. Thanks for checking us out. If you haven't already, make sure you download and subscribe to the Steelers Standard on Apple or Spotify. You can listen to us at Steelers.com as well. But Bud Dupree not getting this franchise tag. Right before we turn these mics on to record this episode, Kellen, you said not a surprise at no, all. No, it's not. And I don't know. I don't know what people were expecting. And, yes, we did talk about that on the show. That Didn't you hear all the cab space the Steelers <laughs> saved? They were expecting Bud to come back, man. They, they couldn't do it. I mean, and, and the Steelers didn't use the franchise tag on anybody, and that kind of tells you, like, hey, we're stricken for money here, even though um, they did open up a lot of cap space. And we did talk about the possibility – of maybe being able to bring back Bud, but really at the end of the day, that was just pie in the sky thinking. That was just, um, you know, kind of super optimistic. And and at the end of the day, I mean, Bud is probably going to go get his, and I mean, mm-hmm. he deserves yes. it. Um, you know, I saw a lot. I saw a couple people. I think on Pro Football Focus or um, what's the the site that does all the grades? I can't think of it. Um, maybe it was, right. yeah, it was Pro. Yeah, Pro Football Focus. Um, they said that one of the guys from there said that he's probably an overrated free agent. I don't, I don't really know about that. I mean, he does have the advantage of having one of the best defensive players in the league on the other side of him. I will give uh, pro football focus that, but at the end of the day too, I mean, he's still a really good player. Um, but right. I mean, at the end of the day, when you think about it and the Steelers, they just didn't have the money to do it. And if Bud wants to go get paid, some team's going to pay him. I mean, there's a lot of teams with a lot of cap space that need defensive help and need a pass rusher. I mean, let's be honest here. Um, you'd be pretty stupid if you're Bud Dupree to not test the open market if the Steelers can't really do anything better than what they've already done for you and if they're not going to put the franchise tag on you. Which I think is just good business because you right. already put the franchise tag on him. Just that year prior, mm-hmm. he gets hurt on the tag, so you hate to see that happen. Uh, franchise tag for him is probably going to go up than what it was this past year. He's probably going to make more around $16, 17000000 million under that tag. It's just something that the Steelers can't afford right now and a luxury that they couldn't go uh, after. Right. It's too much. And, you know, they have they have other needs that are, are bigger than, than pass rusher, and I know that, um, you know, when you look at Highsmith, he's not proven and he's only played one year in the league, but – at least you have a guy that has experience there and there are some holes that you need to fill um, and you need to spend a little bit of money on. Um, you can't put it all on Bud. And, and really, if you were to sign Bud, it really would be all on Bud. If any of the money that they still had, um, it would go all to Bud Dupree and they really wouldn't have a chance to sign anybody else or to bring anybody else back. So um, they are kind of in a, a rough position. But yeah, like you said, Tom, it's a luxury that, um, would would have been nice to have, don't get me wrong, but it's just something that they couldn't afford. It's something that they just flat out couldn't do. They couldn't do it, and it's a shame because that was the name we were floating around all year long. Will they, won't they actually try to pursue Bud? And it's not the end of the world. It's not a signed, sealed, delivered deal to the fact that they didn't franchise him, that he won't be back, but... They're kind of saying, okay, we're not going to spend this money on you to bring you back for just this one year, which means that it's unlikely they'll be able to afford him for a multi-year deal. 
So it's unfortunate, but this is what happens when you're a player who really takes off on is and is one of the better players on one of the better defenses in the league. And it's just an unfortunate year for Bud Dupree to kind of have his contract year be up now when the Steelers have so little room to work with. If it had been somehow a different year, it was next year's what comes yeah, to mind. Definitely could have been a possibility for him to still be a Steeler, but here we are, and it's it's probably in all likelihood a, a done deal that Bud won't be back, which is really hard to think about if you're a Steelers fan. Oh, it's a done deal. It's not that hard for me to think about. It's no chance. No, I just meant back. as a fan, imagining this defense without him when he has been such a force for the last two oh, years. Oh, it'll look like the last five games of the season in 2020. Right. Uh, he's estimated to be making around $18 million a year annually. The market mm-hmm. estimation also has him making around four years uh, on the contract, which would get him to 33 years of age, uh, that contract being worth $17 million. But all that matters is the guaranteed money. That's where the yeah. real money is. And you always have to take that into account as far as where a player like Bud's going to sign because coming off of that really devastating injury, uh, I don't think throwing a big number on a contract and then having a low guarantee is going to be as attractive to him as saying, yeah, we'll give you a contract for $80 million total and we'll give you $40, $30 million of that guaranteed up front. Right. And then that's something that he'll jump at. And, you know, early on, Madden said that he's been here, and and this is like months ago, Bud Dupree – it's already set in stone. He's going back to Atlanta. He's going home. He's hmm. from Macon County. That was a right popular pick, Atlanta. yeah. He's going to the Falcons. But you look at the Falcons' cap situation, and they're in cap hell. They're $11 million over the cap right now. So they have to figure out a way to get that down, whether that's via trading Matt Ryan. If you draft a rookie, then I don't know. But it's a pretty steep hill to climb or hole to dig out of as far as cap is concerned just to bring a guy like Bud Dupree in. So – the more and more I look at the situation, I don't know if it's very feasible that the Atlanta Falcons can bring Bud Dupree home. No, I mean, probably not. But, I mean, that is a popular place. And if he wants to play at home, I mean, I am i don't know. But then again, that goes against what you just said, too, about um, Bud wanting to make the most money. And when you deal with a knee injury like that that takes you out, and, I mean, yeah, he's going to be back for the beginning of training camp. But uh, when that happens during a season, you're going to miss the whole year. So, um, you know, another one of those, then who knows where Bud Dupree is or any player is for that matter, if they go through two, um, you know, ACL injuries or anything like that. So like you said, it's, he's going to probably go where the most guaranteed money is or, or where the most money can be made and good for him. He deserves it, but can it really be Atlanta? Like you said, with all those hurdles that they have and all those, uh, you know, roadblocks that you just described there, I don't know. Well, I'm sure the teams that were interested in J.J. Watt are going to be interested in Bud Yeah, Dupree. maybe the some Colts, of the people, the, yeah. The Packers, the, Packers, the, Bills, the Bills, the Browns even. The, I was going to say that, the Browns. What mm. if Bud's suiting up across from the Steelers oh, twice next yeah. year? That would, that would burn. Brown and orange. That would hurt, yeah. But I think with the looming departure of Bud Dupree, it's got to ha- put the Steelers in the position to say, okay, we weren't able to use our pieces that was that were left over from the Ben reconstructed deal to get this guy. But let's let's be smart about it. We, we've lost him, but let's not just get down in the dumps about it and let's spend this money wisely. Let's not let's not twiddle our thumbs in in grief that we've lost this great player. I completely agree and you knew that big players were going to walk, so you can't act irrationally when it gets to that point where 
yeah, you have to put that in practice. You have to let that guy walk. He's going to get a lot more from another team. As far as the Steelers replacing Bud Dupree, it's pretty obvious they're going to look at Alex Highsmith mm-hmm. for that. Uh, the free agent market doesn't really have anything as far as affordability is concerned and spending that money wisely, like Jacob just mentioned. Uh, Melvin Ingram and Matt Judon, if they do get to the market, are some of the bigger names. Ingram's going for around $11 million, Judon mm-hmm. for a little bit more or right around there. So you just don't really want to spend that much money on guys that are 28 in Judon's yeah. case or 32 in Ingram's case. So it's probably a better gamble for you to go the cheaper route and Absolutely. just go with Alex Highsmith than really trying to pursue one of the bigger names on the outside linebacker market. And really, I don't know if Bud it's... Dupree's like the top dog yeah, on oh, that market, absolutely. by the way. I don't know if it's so much as a gamble. It's kind of, you kind of have to, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not really a gamble when it's the only thing Back that you have. The wall. It's the only cards that you have in your hand. You got to play what you have. And I think that's, you know, and that's not a slight on Highsmith. I think he still has a high ceiling, but at the same time, he's not Bud Dupree. He's not one of those guys that you just mentioned because he's not proven is it a gamble? I mean, I guess when you look at it in those terms, but it's kind of the only card that you have. You kind of have to play it. Yeah, 110%. And again, an interesting name while I was looking through the free agents at outside linebacker that popped up was Sean Lee. And that was weird to me because I didn't think Sean Lee was really that much of an outside linebacker, but that's what Scottrack had him listed as on the market. And that's a guy that you bring him back to Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh. I think I'll pass on that, though. Yeah. That'd be nothing but a depth move, and it's a guy that gets hurt a lot, a lot, a lot. That's the reason why his career is done in Dallas. They're moving on from him. Obviously, it would be a nice story, but the Steelers are really in no position right now to be having homecomings of any sort. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of bigger problems and bigger fish to fry. If you were a team that, say, just went to the AFC Championship game last year. Or if you had more, more if room. If you went to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. If you just won the Super Bowl. If you had more room on the roster and those things, all those things I said were true. You can absolutely explore a nice story of, hey, let's go get Sean Lee on a cheap deal and have him be the backup to the backup. And, hey, maybe he, catches a, homecoming maybe he story. catches a little lightning in a bottle and see what happens. You're in just no position. No to do that if you're the Steelers. You have so many more things that you have to do uh, that are more pressing and more important as far as winning next year is concerned. And part of that is filling out that depth at that outside linebacker spot. And since you're not going to do it with a guy like Sean Lee or a veteran like that, I'm assuming you have to do that in the draft. Yeah. That's a lot to put on Ola's plate. It is. But then again, you move Ola Ola up to what Highsmith was doing last year, then you need to replace Ola. So Mm -hmm. either way, there's a hole that needs to be filled probably via the draft at that position. Yeah, I mean, I know we just kind of said that ne- that n- none of us would really be open to the Sean Lee thing. I think I'd be open to it really cheap down the road if the Steelers get get um, you know all of their needs taken care of and they still have a little bit left over and Sean Lee would be willing to come here. Yeah, but he doesn't really do it for me anymore. I mean, right, he's maybe, a maybe his first year before all his, of those yeah. injuries. I mean, now. he was he had a good you know couple years, a good run, and then like you said, the injuries bug started catching up, and he's not he's not even remotely the same player he was in in year two or even one. I mean, he's not even close to it anymore. So I mean, I would be open to it if you know, like I said, if all of the other needs get taken care of, you still have some some open space left over. Yeah. 
but I think it is going to be a position that you probably have to address in the draft. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about Ola on this show and, and I don't know what Ola is. I don't know if any of us know what, what Ola is. I mean, you know, I think the Steelers expected him to be kind of a force and kind Mm -hmm. of, be that backup to Bud, and then whenever Bud left, I think that was the plan coming in was that it was going to be Ola's job. And and in the beginning, everybody you know compared him to to James Harrison. They have the same number, the same build. They're from the MAC, you know. And he just hasn't lived up to that. And I mean, obviously, that's those are big shoes to live up to, and that's yeah. a little bit of unfair pressure put on Ola, I, I think, too. But at the same time, of he hasn't proved anything either. I mean, he ha- I yeah. mean, he's proved a little bit on special teams, but. That's the guy that's going to be your your backup outside linebacker next year to Highsmith. You gotta you gotta have something else there in case he really doesn't pan out. But the hope is is that he does, and you don't have to worry about who the third string guy is. Right, and furthermore, you haven't really gotten that chance to see who he is, of course, because there have been two guys, TJ and Bud, ahead of him, and then there was Highsmith brought in last year. He never really got a starting chance, but with Bud out now for this whole year, maybe you see with with the additional playing time that he will see, maybe that is just exactly what he needs. Maybe he just needed the extra snaps in order to become a better player. I don't know. That's obviously the optimist in me saying that, but that's what you have to hope for because of how thinly stretched the unit is. And we've, we've all said in, in multiple mock drafts that we've done, or not even mock drafts, just looking at draft prospects saying the Steelers have to address this issue at some point, the how how thin the the outside linebacker pres- and the inside linebacker linebacking position is as well. They absolutely need to took look at the depth, but depth doesn't mean anything if you don't have that starter. And yeah. Alex Highsmith mm-hmm. has to step into those shoes and have an impact because. This is a team that's trying to lead the league in sacks again for what's the fourth straight year now. Something if like they, that, yeah. If they do end up leading the league in sacks, and here's a question: Bud Dupree was a big part of that. Does the does the sack streak still count, even though they didn't get a sack in the playoff game against the Browns? Is that just a regular season streak? Usually, that? records like that are regular season okay. only. So, yeah, for the sakes of just trying to keep that alive, at least for one more day in our hearts, yeah, I'll say right now that that. <laughs> is a regular season-only sack streak. Uh, if they want to continue that sack streak and continue to be the sack kings of the NFL, a lot of that falls on Alex Highsmith's plate, and that's a big jump for a guy to make who, you know, you were talking about Ola being a Mac guy coming from Kent State. Yeah. I mean, yep. same story with Alex Highsmith, just different small school, uh, even smaller than a Kent State. When Akron, right? Didn't he it, come from Akron? Charlotte. No, 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 I'm talking about Ola. Was he from Kent, too? Oh, I think he was from Akron, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yes, forgive me. No, you're but good. just Mac Same Mac school, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Mac school. I mean, not to say that bigger they're all Charlotte, the same, though. but they are a smaller school, yeah. Bigger than Charlotte. It Charlotte's is bigger than Charlotte. a completely different division of football, yeah. and Alex Highsmith just dominated at that uh, school so much so that he was drafted in the third round yeah. by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now it's time to really show – what they saw on those films when they drafted you. Give you them what show, they asked for. You have to yeah. show it quickly because you're being thrown into the fire in a mm-hmm. lot of ways here. Yeah, uh, without question, you're being thrown in the fire. You're being asked to replace Bud Dupree, a guy who's probably going to go out on the open market and get a bag of money, um, probably a couple bags of money for Bud. Um, so you are kind of expected to come in and 
Um, you know, some people expect him to, to replace it right away, but that's an unrealistic expectation for him. Um, but you do have to step up and you do have to be a solid player. You have to be, um, you know, what the Steelers thought of you pretty quick in year two. I don't know if the Steelers completely knew that this was going to be how it was going to go, um, you know, when they drafted Highsmith. I don't know if they did it with the intention of, oh, next year he's going to have to be our starter. Um, but again, they drafted him for a reason and, and it's for him to play. Um, I don't know if they envisioned this, but he is going to have to step up big. And, and I will say, I mean, he did show flashes. Um, there's no question about that. And he played for what, five games when, when Bud was out. So um, I thought he acclimated himself well. Uh, I thought, you know, he definitely made mistakes as any rookie is going to do. Um, and he's not Bud, he's not TJ, you know, but it's something that he has a full off season and hopefully, um, you know, with this year, hopefully things are starting to get back to normal and there's a rookie mini camp. Well, there won't be a rookie. He's not sure. a rookie anymore, yeah. uh, but there will be, you know, a mini bigger, camp. an actual, a right. An actual training camp. For him yeah. An actual training. off season sure. where he can get acclimated and things like that. So that's obviously something that he's going to need because he's going to need all the experience and all the, you know, I don't know how much he's going to play in the preseason, but, um, He's going to need all the experience he can because he's got some big, big shoes to fill. Um, and I know we've, we've talked about Highsmith before filling those shoes, but that was all kind of speculative. Now it's real. Now right. Highsmith really has to, you know, all we talked about has come to fruition and we need, um, and the Steelers need, you need a, a guy to step up and that guy has to be Highsmith. It has to be, um, you know, what you drafted him for. He's got to be that guy. The one thing I always love to point toward when people are speculative of Highsmith and and not 100% sold yet is his game against Clemson, uh, his game against uh, Trevor Lawrence and guys in the offensive line who are all NFL draft prospects or have already become NFL talent. And that guy got, what, three sacks against that Clemson team mm -hmm. on Trevor Lawrence. So if you want an upside, there's your upside. That's that's the potential that Alex Highsmith brings. It's just a question of can that translate to a 15, hopefully 16-game NFL season year after year. Because as you said, Kellen, it was all speculative. It was all hypotheticals that we were talking about this time last year when Bud was still going to be a Steeler for the next year. And Highsmith was just a rookie coming in, going to get some sporadic playing time. Now it's here, as you said. Will he be that guy that the Steelers saw? And will that draft, will the the draft prospect transfer into or transform into that NFL draft talent? I think a lot of pressure falls on TJ Watt, obviously. I think a For lot sure. of pressure falls on the defensive line, obviously, too pick up the slack, if you will, that Bud Dupree is going to leave behind and Alex Highsmith is going to try to uh, pick up in the place of Bud Dupree. But there's going to be a lot of pressure on Steph Tuitt. Absolutely. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Cam Hayward and Tyson Alou. That defensive line is one of the best units in the NFL when it's healthy, and hopefully they can stay healthy for a long time in the 2020 for the majority of the 2021 season and Hopefully they can get after the quarterback in a consistent way like they have for the past few seasons because it's needed now more than ever, uh, especially if you want to keep guys off of TJ in any yep. way possible because you don't want to get into a position where an offense can just scheme around one guy and take him away and then you're done because yep. that's how you can get cooked fast, especially 
the style of defense the Steelers like to play, which is sack the quarterback, put a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing. We, we've talked about this a couple of times, and I made the point. The question is going to be, how can the defense work um, without Bud? Because every team now is probably going to, if they haven't already, which they have, is double TJ. They're going to chip him coming out of the backfield. Exactly. Um, but you, like you said, you don't want to be a defense where – it's just we slow down this guy. You're gonna, you know, we'll have a field day. That that's you can't be that defense, and it's not only gonna be the defensive line. They're gonna have to step up huge, absolutely. And TJ's gonna have to step up. I know that sounds crazy because of what he's been able to accomplish mm-hmm. so far in his career, but without Bud, he will have to step up, and he's gonna have to fight through double teams all the time, um, at least until somebody else proves, and then they take the attention away from TJ. But I think it's a it's kind of a whole defense as a whole needs to step up. The yes. linebacking core yes. needs to be better blitzing too, and and who knows what's going to happen with Mike Hilton too. Like if he leaves, there goes another blitzer that that has accounted for sacks and, and for quarterback. You saw hits. on social media that Mike Hilton might be yeah exploring I mean, the well, open we don't know a little harder than we expected. Yeah. I don't know what that meant. I don't, I, Kellen. I don't know if you have it up and ready to he, be read, but he just uh, tweet or posted on Instagram on his story. It was just a, a black picture, and then in the bottom right corner, it said nine days. It was posted, I think, last night or early this morning, and that was kind of alluding to that's when the free agency period is. You know, um, so we'll see. And then he also said, you know, something along the lines of like, you know, this year I can really choose where I want to go and that sort of thing. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's leaving Pittsburgh or yeah. that. It doesn't necessarily mean that, but it might not be a done deal, and that's another guy too. Um, you know, I know I kind of diverted off topic here, but he's outplayed his contract. I mean, he was mm-hmm. an undrafted sure. guy, and all of a sudden now, I mean, from being an undrafted guy to being kind of one of the best niche kind of players in the league, mm, like a nice blitzing, word. a blitzing corner that can you know play the run well. A lot of teams don't have that sort of thing. So for him, and even more so with him, like if you can go out and get your money. You know, as just looking at this objectively, you kind of just shrug your shoulders and say, yeah, he deserves it. I mean, you know, if the Steelers can't pay him what he wants and he gets a boatload of money from somebody from being an undrafted guy, you know, you kind of just shrug your shoulders and go with it. But what I'm saying is that in a roundabout way now is that the whole defense needs to step up. The the corners need to be better. The safeties need to be better. Um, because they're not going to have that formidable front, at least early, because it's going to be taken away when teams double-team TJ. They have to figure out a way to get after the quarterback and continue um, you know, playing that, that brand of defense, because if, if they can't and if teams slow TJ down and all of a sudden the sack totals aren't there, this is going to be a very interesting defense, and I don't know if they're built enough, if they're equipped enough, if they're deep enough to play a different brand of football. Right. Looking at the team, at the defense, at the beginning of the 2020 season compared to the end, almost two different units, even though it was just two guys who the team was left without, but Dupree and Devin Bush, it's still on paper, numbers-wise, it was completely different units out there in terms of yards allowed, points allowed, and offensive efficiency against, and all those categories that you could list off. It was two completely different teams. And when you lose a guy like Devin Bush, who was supposed to be a backbone of the inside linebacker position, and then you lose another backbone in your outside linebackers with Bud Dupree, you're almost expecting to lose maybe one guy throughout the year. And so the Steelers, I think, were a little bit prepared to lose one guy. But 
we saw what the numbers were before and after Devin went down. And then when Bud went down, it's a real blow once you lose the second guy for the whole year. So I agree, Kellen. I don't know if even though 11 of, or sorry, nine of the 11, rather 10, because Devin Bush is returning, even though 10 of the 11 starters are returning because of how thinly stretched almost every unit is, I don't know if they're ready to make another run at the sack total as the sack leaders or at least be in the top two for total takeaways and be in the top five for yards against. I don't know if they are ready for that. Well, TJ might need to finally hit that sack a game average that he's been (laughs) flirting with in his past couple of seasons if they want to accomplish all of or some of those things you just listed, Jacob. But that's going to do it for us on this episode of Steelers Standard. On the next episode... Dak Prescott got paid, but was it the right move by the Cowboys? Mm. And some other franchise tags got passed around the NFL today that we will discuss. That's on the next Steelers Standard. For Kellen Gersky and Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Offerman. Thank you, as always, for listening to us here on SNR or via podcast at Steelers.com.